What's up? I'm Elliot Jackson. And I'm Rob Warner. And we make the bike podcast that you never knew you needed. Yes, that's right. Just Ride is a cycling podcast from Red Bull. We love covering every cycling discipline you can imagine, from people who ride around the world twice on a penny farthing (laughs) to some of the biggest stars you can imagine. To hear more, just search for Just Ride in your favorite podcast app. And we'd love to have you along for the ride. Welcome to Mindset Win Uncut, a version of the podcast where we bring you a full-length version of the interview with one of our previous guests to give you more of an insight into their winning mental approach. This time we're talking to Qatar's high jump superstar Mutaz Barshim, Olympic gold medalist and three-time world champion. It was in Tokyo in 2021 that Mutaz provided one of the most memorable stories of the Games, showing great sportsmanship by requesting that he and his rival Gianmarco Tamberi could both receive a gold medal. But for all the success, Mutaz has had his share of setbacks too. And in his interview, he speaks candidly and thoughtfully about what it takes to keep coming back, no matter what life throws at you. This is Mutaz Barshim Uncut. Hi everyone, my name is Mutaz Barsham. I'm a track and field athlete specialized in high jump. I come from a sports family. My father used to be an athlete as well. So me growing up, he was always in a training camp somewhere. So I see my mom taking care of us and, you know, support my dad. My mom's really good in cooking. So she like makes sure that he got the right nutrition. And so I seen how the relationship that they have, someone have sacrificed something. And I, it helped me a lot that I came from a sports family and I've seen all these things as a youngster, which I thought was normal. It's not normal being away competing for six months. And thank God, my family understand that. My friends understand that. My wife understand that. You are here, you are talented. God gave you something. And sport life is short. You can only do this now. But they support me and I'm really grateful. Sometimes when things doesn't go the way I want it to be, my mom always tell me, if you feel you are down, there's always someone that's worse than you in some situation. And if you feel like you've achieved so much, there's always someone that achieved something greater. So you feel like you're still striving for more. As a professional athlete, we have so much pressure around us. Of course, you're great athletes, you put so much effort and you require so much from yourself. And with that interest, it created fan base, which people that love what you do and support what you do. So these people that love you want you always to do better, that create extra pressure. At certain point, people start to, to forget that you're also a human being. With all these aspects around you, it's only adding pressure. And of course, it's good pressure that people want you to do better. But at the same time, some people don't understand that it's still a pressure and you have to deal with it. For some people, get the best out of them. But for some people, they can just burn out. And it's very important sometimes to listen to yourself. I mean, we all have loved ones. You all have family, fans, teams, sponsors, whatever. But you have to tighten the circle for a few people. Sometimes you feel like, okay, I don't want to make certain decisions myself my coach, my agent, or somebody that's close to you, your wife, your husband, somebody actually close to you that knows you better and feel like, oh, listen, maybe now it's time to slow down a bit or now it's time to go more. You need to find the right balance. I remember in 2010, winning the World Juniors and going towards pro athletes, everything was going great. So when people tell me about this pressure, mental, you have to be right, I didn't understand it. 
because I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm winning every competition that I'm participating into. You're becoming like a regional and world champion. You're meddling for your first Olympics. So you don't really understand what was going on around people until you come in a situation that something happened. In 2018, I injured myself really bad and both of my ligaments on so my takeoff leg were completely torn apart. And now the struggle really started for me. And this is the type of pressure that I know that so many professional athletes are not prepared to unless something happens. It's always better to be prepared before something happens. I'm not saying to be negative, but you have to widen your options. Everything is possible. Be focused, but also be prepared. It's always better to be prepared. I was the defending world champion and I was competing in this track meet out in Hungary, in Europe. And I remember it was normal day, wake up with my coach, had breakfast, and I felt actually good, to be honest. I felt like really ready to jump high. My coach knew I was ready. I knew I was ready. We just hoping for good weather and good results. Uh, come into the track, start warming up. Everything was normal and uh, start the competition. I didn't really feel the best, like in terms of performance in the first few jumps, but as the competition started heating up and I felt actually good. I jumped 240 which is the season best. It's the highest jump in 2018. Won the competition, meeting record, and I felt great. And I look at my coach and I said, it didn't look so hard. I didn't put so much effort. I said, I only put 80% and I cleared that. So I'm thinking I'm going to try to make the world record now. I was the only athlete there. Every athlete was done. No one had cleared that. It's a world record. It's been stood there since 1993. I did the first attempt and it was so close. Oh my goodness, I got this. I just need to go back and I'm going to do it now. So imagine you go and preparing for the greatest jump that you've ever about to do. And mentally, I was so prepared. I was so up there because from the first jump, I just felt like this is easy. I can do it. Crowd all piling up, gathering around me. The whole stadium was so quiet. It was just everybody wanted to see that jump. Start doing my strides. And as soon as I start running towards the bar to clear, when I planted my left foot, which is my takeoff foot, it just snapped. So I twisted left and right, both ligaments just like pop. And at that moment, the only thing I could feel, it's so much pain. I thought I broke my bone. So I just fell down, start screaming and feeling the pain. Open my eyes, I see my doctor was with me and all the jumpers like piled next to me. To be honest, it's a very difficult moment because one second you are in your best shape ever. You just cleared the highest jump in the world and it's still early in the season. And a few moments later, you are in a wheelchair. You can't walk. Your season is done. Possibly your career is done. I refused to go back to the hotel because I wanted to still take the trophy. I want to go to the podium because I want that meet. I want to celebrate a bit, looking at my feet and the pain. I know what's coming next is hard, but almost like I'm in denial. I don't want to know. So went back for the medal ceremony celebration i got the best performance of the meet few people they're happy for me but you can see the faces is almost sorry for you i signed a few autograph and then yeah we went to the hotel doctor came and he's like it's really bad he said get on a plane we need to get under surgery asap i thought oh okay i'm going to get a surgery and everything will be normal that wasn't the case i wake up and i remember my doctor was next to me uh, I open my eyes, I see like the cast and everything. This moment, the picture is always stuck in my head. It's so difficult. I've been jumping since I was like nine years old. And then that one thing just happened and click at that moment. 
I don't think it's something that anyone can forget. The most difficult part is just to accept and in my head, I need to go and jump. But your body says something else. It's funny because they gave me hope. Doctors say, yeah, maybe you need five, six months. Okay, I'm like, six months, okay. It's difficult for someone that's every single day at the track, day and night. Friday is my only day off. So I said, all right, okay. So is that going to be the case? I need to find something that keep my mind off track a little bit and finish out this six months and then hopefully I can start. And that wasn't the case. It took me, I think, a little bit more than a year so I can feel I can actually do something. Fast forward a few years later, the doctor said, and he's a well-known doctor, he'd been operating sports injuries for 30, 40 years, and he said, this is the worst I've ever seen. He said, normally people can damage the outside ligaments, and that's common, but the inside, I've never seen this. You damage completely both. And he said to me, a chance for you coming back is 1%. It's almost impossible. He didn't tell me that at the time, just to still give me hope. But two or three years later, he told me that, Coming back, it was a really struggle. I spent the next few months on a wheelchair. It took me, I think, a little bit more than a year so I can feel I can actually do something. I remember out of three, four days a week, I'm seeing the doctor. I'm not actually training. Coming back to practice, you think, okay, now I'm going to make progress. Oh, no, you can't. It's pain. You go see a doctor. Oh, you're not ready. It's a setback. It's a setback. I can jog or I can do a little bit step. I can hop a little bit, but with so much pain, I was in so much painkillers and the whole training program shifted for me. So it was like, whatever I'm doing, I have to have a medical team with me. So it's more recovering, more treatments than actual training. If I jog for two laps, I need to ice it immediately. It's swallowing. I need to tape it. I need to get a lymphatic massage. So it's so much things that's going on. And I have my physio with me like 24 seven. It's very difficult for an athlete because somebody can always advise you. That doesn't mean, okay, I will go and do it. Or, or okay, I know how it feels. You have to still endure that thing. My coach told me, like, if, if you get injured, it's really difficult, but you have to be patient. But once you actually get injured, it's so much more difficult than just somebody that explains it to you. You start questioning yourself. Am I ever going to be able to do what I do again? Am I ever going to be jumping? Uh, and I was so caught up on doing the track and feel like I'm a professional and it's my job and I take it really seriously. I almost put all my life and pose just to do what I do. Once you come to that, like, okay, what now? If this just stopped now, who am I going to be? What am I going to do? It's, it's my passion. Like, when I am happy, I'm at the track. When I'm mad, I'm at the track. When I'm at my best, I'm at the track. When I'm at my lowest, I'm at the track. So I don't just do this as a part thing. No, I commit to this. So that's what makes it much more difficult when something is not going right. So with that thing, let's say you come to a situation and you get injured and then you start doubting. And that's a very dangerous part. You start doubting yourself like, oh, is it going to be good again? Am I going to be able to do it the best way possible? And then like you go and nothing worked for three, four, five times. This is the, the moment that you really feel like, okay, I need to focus on something else because you need to keep your mind positive. Take a break, go out with friends, share some laughter, do something that can actually shift your mind a bit from focusing 100% on what you do because at the moment does not help you when you focus on it because you're just negative. I want to be able to focus on what I love to do when it's positive. I got married, went to honeymoon, I travel with my family for the first time in 10 years. I'm always somewhere training. I'm always somewhere competing. So I have no time really for family and friends. 
I was so determined, so focused, like a tunnel vision to what I do. But I start to enjoy life a bit. I hang out with friends. My family flew over and then we did a road trip to Austria, to Switzerland, to Germany. And start to enjoy that for the first time ever. Start to find different interests. I uh, started to watch a lot of tennis, a lot of Formula One races. I kept myself occupied. Once you do these things, time really actually flies, which is dangerous. <laughs> you feel like you start to enjoying too much. You feel a little bit guilt because as a professional athlete, it's almost like you cannot enjoy too much because that affects negatively your sport. You can't go out. You need to relax. I'm training and once I finish training, I need to go maybe get like a treatment, massage, icing, whatever. I need to just lay in the bed to relax my feet. So you don't get to go out and do a lot of things. Same with the food. You need to eat healthy and stuff. You might, okay, eat like a cheat meal once or twice a week. But if you do this on a daily basis, you start to feel the guilt. Oh, maybe I'm doing this too much. I need to take care of myself. But at that moment, I felt, listen, now I cannot do anything about it. I cannot even walk. I will forget that I'm a professional athlete and just live a normal person and enjoy my life. We all know that sport is very short and anything can happen. In a moment, everything can go with a bad injury and that's it. So when that happened, I was thinking like, what's next? Maybe something, but almost no, not now. Still put that on hold. And in my head, once that over, it was the time to actually go back to training. It was not so difficult because I was hungry to go back. I was just 100% focused to get back on track, focus on putting all of my time, my resources on treatment, rehab, and getting back to jumping again. 2019, the next world championship coming up. I'm the defending champion at home. It's in Doha. Everybody, of course, expect you to be there, do your best, defend your title. So it's a tremendous pressure of my people. Of course, they want me to do better. And to be honest, I love this kind of pressure that always bring out the best of me, but it's not easy. I left the track the best in the world and I'm here like worse than an amateur. You feel like you're in a dark place sometimes, but how I dealt with it, if I get to just focus on everything big, it's nothing working. Maybe at that time I have 50 bad things that's not really working, but I have two or three things that's positive in my life. And I decided to focus on these two or three things that's positive and keep me going and keep me alive and feel like I still have that fire burning in me so I can actually take step by step. And it really helped me a lot. The first thing that I was really excited about, I remember being at the clinic with the doctor. And they set up like a treadmill underwater for me. And they say, yeah, today actually you can run. And I was so excited to do something. So I got into the treadmill, started to move a bit. Of course, everything was difficult because it was underwater, not so much pressure. But still, my ankle wasn't feeling really strange. It was aching, it was paining, but... I didn't care about that because I was happy to actually move. A few days later, he said, you can get on the bike so you can get the blood circulation. And I was really happy. But still, this is not my training. It's a part of the rehab. Around 10 days later, I said, okay, now you can go to the track and try to jog. I was so happy in the car, like getting myself into the mood. Once I got into the track, see my friends and everything just felt great. I felt like I'm home. Tying my shoes, feeling very optimistic. Okay, let's get this job done now. Oh no, it's terrible. First of all, my feet was so stiff and the ligament was really tight. I could not do anything. I can barely move the socket of the ankles. It's all just jammed, almost like a wood brick. And I couldn't understand what's going on. I started to think, maybe the doctor did something wrong. It's not working, they messed me up. And I felt like that for a long time. I think around six months, I'm feeling so terrible. Left leg was always my stronger because that's my takeoff leg. 
once I get back, it wasn't the case because I had the cast. And then once I removed that, all the muscles had just gone. And I had problem with my back because the balance is not right now. So I have to see a chiropractor adjusting the pelvis, adjusting the posture on my back. It was hell, to be honest. Every day at the track, I'm thinking I will go to be better. I came back home with different problems. And whatever you're trying, nothing is working. And then in a few months, I have the world championship home. I need to be at my top. I need to perform. How can I do that when I can't even do a proper jogging? Not every athlete is fortunate enough to have the world championships at home soil in front of their family and friends. For me, it was a big opportunity. I was a part of the delegation when we went to present a file to host that. And then when we won, I always have a sight like that, my moment competing at the World Championship. It's something in my back of my head that I always wanted to do. And of course, with everything that's going on, you almost feel like that dream is just shattered. But I'm like, I know I'm not going to give up. I need to do everything possible. And at one point, you just feel like it's not going to work. But I wake up the next day. I'm like, no, it's going to work. I'm, I'm fighting with myself day and night. But the people around me were really positive. My coach was really helping. My team was really supportive. And it came to the point that even my team said, listen, the World Championship 20 might be too close. This kind of injury that you've been through is nothing that's easy. Just take your time and try to focus on the Olympics. 2020, Tokyo is for you. Then we can work on many things. Hopefully your body can recover. And then that's the time that we think we can give it a hard go. But I couldn't accept that within myself. I'm like, yeah, Tokyo is Tokyo, but... It's home now, 2019, the World Championship in Doha. That's my moment. I dreamt of this. I need to give it everything. I can hardly sleep because it's always in my mind. I wake up at four in the morning, take a walk. I like to think a lot. And I come within peace because I made an agreement with myself. Say, listen, everything happened for a reason. And I believe God will give me a way. And if I'm willing to put the work, if something meant to be hard or harm for me, even though I want it, God will prevent it. So with that, I found the calm and peace within myself. Listen, I'm going to do everything I can. If it's meant to be, it will be. If it's not, then it's not. But I have to put 120% because 100% is not enough anymore. I'm not at uh, 50%. I'm not at 60%. I'm not even at 0%. I'm like a minus. First, I need to be able to walk. I need to be able to jog. That's like a zero level. I'm not talking about being able to jump among the best in the world. That's like a next level. So once I accepted that, it almost opened up like a, a positive path with myself. We all need sometimes to take a break and almost like meditate with yourself, talk to yourself. You need to almost resort and rearrange your thoughts and uh, where you're going with it. What do you really want? Not everybody else around you. Um, and once I did that, I just felt like, I'm a different person now, I'm a new person that I'm really willing to take a challenge. And from that moment, I start really working so hard. Doha was in October. So I think from May, I was outside in a training camp in Europe with my coach. The plan was to compete, start to get two or three competitions before just to feel where I am because I could not really jump at practice. High jump is like a piece of art. You have to master it. You have to craft it the best way possible because you don't use any object, you use your body and every timing, it's really important. I'm not the strongest person out there, but we use what we have. I'm flexible, I have speeds. And to be able to get the maximum out of my body, I need to perfect each and every movement. But if there's something bothering me, I could not do that. 
that's like putting a thousand horse engine on a car, but this is a flat tire, not gonna get you anywhere. And that, that tire is my feet. Every time I come to practice, I'm trying to make a jump, is so much pain. So I cannot focus on mastering my techniques. The only thing I'm focusing on is the pain. And on top of that, you have the pictures when you trying to jump and you broke your foot. So you, you start to dumping. Is it gonna happen again? Am I really ready to jump? So nothing is really working. And I decided to my coach, listen, we're not gonna jump and practice no more. I said, you're gonna do these three competitions. I don't care what really happened. Everybody around me think, oh, that's bad, but it doesn't matter because I know myself better. I know that will create a lot of buzz and a pressure in the media. We're like, oh, what happened? Or maybe he's falling off or he lost it and all this type of thing. But I couldn't care less, to be honest. I remember flying to Poland for my first meet. It was very strange because heights that I would clear day and night to practice, I couldn't even clear in a competition. But I still focus on the positive part. The running was good. The jumping was horrible, but at least the running was good. So something is improving. I'm feeling a bit flexible on my kill list. So I think it's getting there. But of course, after the competition, again, it's a setback. You cannot train for three, four days. You need to go again for the rehabilitations. I come back to the training camp, start preparing again. Went my first demo league in London. I think I cleared 227, finishing second. At that time, for me, that the result does not really matter because my big target was Doha. So I need to sacrifice a few stops to be able to jump there. It's very difficult, to be honest. So many athletes feel like, no, I'm not going to do this. I'd rather retire than just go and get beaten by everyone else. And I understand that, to be honest. But still, if you have a bigger target, you have to focus on that. And my, for me, home was the biggest target. After actually jumping in, in London, get back to training was really terrible. My body was not feeling really good. Now the World Championship is a month and a few days away, and I'm not even anywhere near my best. So again, I start to feel bad, but fast forward a few days, I'm like, okay, no, I'm not going to give up. But my last meet was in Zurich. It was the Diamond League final. I think I jumped to 24 or two, which is, I think, my worst result ever in a competition. One thing I don't like people feeling sorry for me, it almost felt like it's decided that it's not for him. It's a month away or even less than that. You're not ready. You're not there. And it's difficult because you almost agreeing with everybody else. So this one gonna take a miracle for you to come back and actually perform and jump. And you're not jumping with the amateurs, they are the best in the world. So it's very difficult task coming up mentally, physically, which I'm not there, not even 50%. Finishing that competition, I look back to my coach and say, listen, we have like 25 or something days. See, I'm going back home to Doha, lock myself in a training camp. I say, there's no way you can talk me out of this. I'm jumping in Doha, I don't care whether I fail, like a finish first or last, I'm jumping. Flew back to Doha, went to my family's house, say hi to my mom, my family, everyone, packed all my stuff, went on a train camp by myself and said to our federation and my agents, no media, I'm not doing anything. I need to train, I need to focus on myself. I remember at that time, I was waking up like three o'clock in the morning every single day. I think the maximum I slept is like five hours a day. And I can't sleep because it's always in my mind and every day is coming closer. I start practicing every single day. And then two weeks before, I felt my physique is coming much better. I felt like I'm getting stronger, I'm getting faster. But the jumps, it's just not clicking. And I could not figure it out what was. Watching a lot of video sessions, trying to find the missing link. And then I realized, listen, I cannot look at my greatest jumps because I was a different person there. I'm not there yet. If I'm looking at a amateur jump and like a professional jump, 
I'm there in that gap, and that's a big gap to connect. I need to look at my jumps that I do at a much lower level. And that's how I start to pile up. So I start to watching all these small jumps. I'm not the world champion. I'm not the Olympic champion. I'm a beginner now, and I need to start from almost like zero. We start doing this training. Ten days before, I felt like this really working. I felt like, oh, I can actually give it a shot. Two days before was the last jumping session before the track. That's it. My physio was with me. I said, tape my foot as hard as possible because I'm going to make a hard takeoff. I don't care what happened. If it's going to break, that's the moment to be broken. I remember putting the spikes tight and start jumping. After, I think, four or five jumps, I did one jump that was so good. It almost felt like one of these jumps before the injury. And it was the first time ever I felt like I'm actually flying. I left the ground. Once I land, I just I look at my coach and I feel like my tears just start dropping. I couldn't believe it. I look at him, he looked at me and we understood each other. Yeah. So like we both knew it. And that moment I felt I would never doubt myself again. I don't care what situation I'm in. I would never, ever doubt myself. Like when everyone and everything and all the circumstances just going against you. And that jump that I did at that training, it was the highest jump in 2019, but nobody knew. I put the bar on 235 and I cleared it so high. I think it was the highest jump I ever done in my life. At that moment, I knew that, yeah, I'm back. So coming to the qualifications, I remember 230 was the height to go to the finals. And that year, my highest jump was 227. So not even my best jump on that year was enough to go to the finals. But I was so determined coming to the stadium. I know that all my families and friends, everyone was there. I was so focused on myself. I couldn't care less what everyone else was doing. I needed five jumps or so to get to the finals. I said, I need to get all of these. And the last time I cleared 230 was 2018, before my injury, but that doesn't matter. I'm here now and that's it. There's no way back. Just the moment when I take off, I got cramp on my uh, left calves. But in my head, like, no, don't miss this one. I have to do it. So I actually cleared the bar and that was a season best jump for me. And it was enough to go to the finals. People couldn't believe it. They were congratulating me like I almost won the competition. But in my head, I'm like, no, I got more. That's not it. I'm so happy. Don't get me wrong. I'm really grateful to where I am. One month ago, I wouldn't even dream of being here. But that's not it. Two days later, when it come to the finals, as I was walking, entering the stadium, I can just hear the crowd. Almost like the stadium was vibrating. It was full, like 40,000 plus people. As soon as I set foot in the stadium, it's just like, wow, the whole crowd. My mom was there, my friends, my family. I felt like the whole country was there, the president, everyone. And I said to myself, I'm going to use that. That's an extra motivation. Same thing, tape my foot really hard, start the competition. First two or three jumps, I clear, but poor jumps, which I was really disappointed with. Something's not clicking. I'm not really jumping. I'm not really planting my foot the right way I'm supposed to. The next high was 233. Fail on my first. Like, okay, come on, I gotta do this on my second. Fail on my second attempt. Now I'm in a position where if I fail the third attempt, that's it. You're going home, not even the podium. And I look back, I'm like, no, I cannot let down all these people. Oh, come here for me. Everyone screaming my name, having the flag. I see kids, I see elderly people just out there to support me. I look at my coach and he said, you can do it. 
at that moment is nothing that I can give you as magic. Believe in yourself. And I remember that moment when I was laying on the bed after surgery, remembering that and what I am today. At that moment, I felt I might never, ever be able to do what I love to do again. Guess what? I'm here doing what I love to do again in front of my hometown. I should be grateful. I should do this the best way possible. And something changed, to be honest. I don't know what it is. Something changed. I got back. I remember moving my run up a bit back because you're so full of adrenaline and you're just running fast without noticing. And uh, yeah, close my eyes, give it a few thoughts. I planted my foot and I cleared that bar so well. When I landed from the mat, the whole stadium was shaking. Wow, like the scream was so loud. At that moment, I forget all the pain. I forget everything. And I just knew I'm back. That's it. The next height was 235, boom, from the first attempt. Next height was 237, boom, first attempt. Here I am, back again, winning the world championship, defending my title at home soil. And to be honest, that's the best moment of my career so far. It's almost like a movie coming back for what I was. One year ago, nothing was working. I was literally struggling on a wheelchair. Now, one year later, I managed to defend my title producing the highest jump on the world and winning gold at home soil. Wow, the feelings. I couldn't sleep for days. I was so satisfied. I was so grateful, so proud of myself that I didn't give up. I surprised myself that I stood up on that. I went to a stadium with 40,000 plus people knowing that I'm at my best, but I'm going to do it. I surprised myself with so many aspects that I have so much self-respect that I actually did it. Every single season, I set some goals and targets that I want to achieve. But to be honest, I felt like that's my uh, Olympic goal. That's the crown. And I did it here. I did it at home. Can be able one day take my son to the stadium and show him that what was that moment and explain that to him. That moment, it was a life changer. Of course, I've been doing so much great. I've won the World Championship before. And life was different, of course, after each achievement. But that was different. I could not walk the street without someone stopping me and telling me how he felt. Some people say, ah, I've been crying, it was crazy. Some people say, ah, I broke the TV. And someone said, my son or my daughter, they were jumping, they didn't sleep. Teachers said, I was showing this to the kids. So you felt like you really spark a fire. You inspire a generation, you inspire people. It was worth it, but it's so difficult. Every time that I start to complain or something in training, I just thought of that. I'm like, oh, no, no, I'm not allowed to. I'm not allowed to because that was difficult. What I'm feeling now is not so difficult. So it's almost like it gives you a mental strength knowing that if you come back from that, you can come back from this. I knew earlier on that if I make the decision to become like a professional athlete, that comes with a lot of consequences and you have to sacrifice something. As a professional athlete, I just know it's not always going to be like, rose along the way, but I'm going to sacrifice. I'm going to give it everything that I can to do what I want to do. And I know you cannot be the best at something if you're not going to go through all these pumps. And I have to be honest, a great coach with me, my father, my mother, like family, sport family, understand the struggle that a uh, professional athlete been to, and they're always trying to support me. Me and my coach have a great relationship, and he's 80 years old. So we talk all the time. I'm not talking just about the particular sport itself. We talk about life. We talk about every single thing. And with that, he taught me so much. I think my coach never doubted me, but he have his ways to bring the best out of me. He could always say something, knowing that my reaction would lead to what he wants. 
to play that mind game with me instead of putting a direct pressure on myself. Many people that come to me asking for advice, thinking that because you are so good at what you do, it's easy for you. Actually, it's not. We go in the same struggle. It's okay to feel that pressure. It's fine to feel a struggle. You can't wake up and feel perfect every day. You can't go and compete and be great every day. And enjoy even the pressure that you're having now. Trust me, enjoy it. You're going to learn this later in life. I'm a world champion, I'm an Olympic champion. I still feel that the difference is I get used to it. So these things doesn't go away. As a professional athlete, we adjust to it. We know how to deal with the pressure. We know how to make it get to us or not. When you repeat something constantly, you're going to be good at it. You're going to find ways. And that's just the way it is. Enjoy this moment because trust me, one day you're going to miss it. It's amazing when people tell me these things, I might be an inspirational to you, but you're also motivational to me. Because I, I don't see myself as someone that, that motivates. I have idols that I look up to. And if someone see me as an idol, I'm only happy and grateful. And that actually gives me more power to do what I do best. Nowadays, it's difficult because people see only one part of somebody with, with social media. Like, oh, that person's always happy. Yeah, but you only see one part. I never say somebody posts something when he's at his lowest. That's us as a human nature. If I have something nice, I might post about it or talk about it. I'm not talking about something bad. But this narrative is wrong. This is life. These ups and downs. And if you believe that everything's happened for a reason, good or bad, you can still learn something from it. You can better yourself as a person in a daily life. Do not give up on yourself. Everything might seem so difficult and impossible, but do not give up. If you believe you can find a way, Imagine if, okay, I decide to give up. I would not know. I might also, of course, put 100% effort and not win. But at the end of the day, I know that I try everything. When I look a few years back, I'm like, ah, maybe if I tried, it would be. I don't want to be in that position. So I would say to everyone, if you love something, do everything you can, go for it. It might seem impossible, it might feel difficult. But if you truly believe in yourself, I think it's, it's really worth it. That was the inspiring Mutaz Barshim. And in our previous episode with Mutaz, we look at how writing down your doubts or worries and zooming out from a problem to see the bigger picture can help you get a fresh perspective. So if you haven't checked out that episode yet, it's available now. Just scroll back a bit within the feed. And if you've enjoyed hearing a bit more from our guests, we're right in the middle of our bonus season of Mindset Win Uncuts. So keep checking back each week for new episodes. 